Today's title is called Walking in My Shoes. And the Lord has been speaking to me for a while now about how sometimes things are not father filtered in us. How sometimes we filter things through our pain, through our hurt, through things we've gone through in our life and we don't know how to father filter them. And so what happens inside of us because there's two ways you can filter things. It's through the Holy Spirit and through our flesh. Let's be real, right? <laughs> well, I'm a person of transparency here. <laughs> and then sometimes we can confuse the two and think it's the Lord when it's not. And so I've been really going before the Lord and asking the Lord to help to help not only me, but to help the body of Christ in this area. Because what, what has happened is because of our hurt and our pain and different things, the Lord right now is healing people. And he's really doing a healing in the soul right now. And the reason why he's, he wants to, us to be healed from our soul, because he doesn't want us to filter anything through our flesh any longer. He wants us to filter things through the Holy Spirit so we can begin to identify what's from the Lord and what's from the enemy because he's after your purpose and your destiny. We know that already. <laughs> if he can keep you bound up in areas, he will if you allow him to. But I was laughing last night because Joan was talking about, about Peter and how Peter had this knowledge of being the fisherman. And I, I started, I, I was laughing about it because we've come to a place with the Lord that we think we have a lot of knowledge in our mind. Because we grew up in church and we know the word, and we've been taught a lot. And so the knowledge that we have will we'll become like a Peter. And when the Holy Spirit comes to try to teach us something new, something different, it's hard for us to receive it sometimes because we've been taught a certain way to do it a certain, to do certain things. And so I was laughing because I was like, you know, here is the Lord trying to bring healing to us, restoration to us, teach us new things. But because we've been under doctrines and we've been under certain teachings, we, we've come to a place where, man, you know, I've heard that scripture 50 million times. Well, I don't care how many times you've heard a scripture. Every time you hear a scripture, God is trying to teach you something new in that scripture. So that's when you keep that teachable spirit to receive the fullness, not only bits and pieces of what he's teaching you through the word, but he wants you to receive all of it. But there's some things that there's like roadblocks inside of us that are there sometimes and we can't get the fullness because our flesh is still at a battle with the spirit of the Lord. And so God, he's just like, you know, um, we've been doing the school of the spirit every Thursday and we've been exposing the plans of the enemy on purpose because we want people to understand that there is a real battle for your purpose and your destiny. There's an assignment of the enemy on her life, but the Lord gives us victory to overcome these situations. And, and we have a choice to either get the healing and move forward in things or stay where we're at. 
And the Lord's like trying to tear down these things and pull things out and uproot things. And the one thing that I've been seeing a lot of, even I'm speaking regionally. I'm not just speaking in our house, but regionally speaking, people, because the knowledge that they've had in their lives, they have a critical spirit sometimes. And I, I've seen this thing pop its head up. I see it sometimes on Facebook with certain ministers of them having a critical spirit from one to the other. And the Lord is like, right now, he's like, I do not want any more critical spirit. I want to chop the head off of that critical spirit. And I want to get rid of it because it was never meant for my people to be in that state of being critical with one another. And um, Ecclesiastics 3.11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. I can't be critical on somebody's life when I can't see the end of what God has spoken over them. I can't uh, judge or have a certain mindset towards them of where they're at now because that's not where God's going to leave them for the rest of their lives. There's a growth process. There's, there's a, a planting. And, and, and like the beginning of that verse, said, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. All of us have our own time with the Lord that he's doing a work in us. And we're going to become beautiful. So the Lord is taking us through this process, and we all have our own walk with the Lord. But the one thing that um, is that there's, there's timing, and there's seeing things through the Lord, through the Holy Spirit that he's taking us from. And uh, in Galatians 5, 14 through 15, the Lord begins to warn us about how we are with one another as the body of Christ. And he says, for the whole law can be summed up in one command, love your neighbor as yourself. I, I believe Joan shared on this this weekend. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. This speaks volumes. He's trying to teach us his character and his nature through this verse. And he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you know, Joan shared about that. Well, you got to love yourself first. That's why the Lord wants to heal us right now and bring healing and restoration in our own hearts, in our own lives, because we cannot love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. And so what happens is if, we, if you don't love yourself and you're critical on yourself, and you have this view of God that God's critical on you because the way that you were taught in a religious mindset of, of trying to be perfect. Because that's what the critical spirit makes you feel like. Like you got to be in perfection. If you're not in perfection, then you have, you, you, that's it, you can just forget about serving God. That's what the critical spirit makes you feel like. Like you've miss, messed everything up and now... You know, you, you just, what's, what's, the, what's the use? What's the purpose of still serving God if I messed it up? That's the critical spirit that you will have on yourself at times. And God says, I don't want there to be a critical spirit anymore because what, what you do with yourself is what you do to others. 
So if you're critical with yourself and you're hard on yourself, you're going to be critical and hard on others around you. And there's not going to be any grace and any mercy that you extend to others around you and their own failures. And I, and I can tell you that because I, I've, I've been there. I'm not going to stand here before you and act like, oh, I've never been there, done that. I have. And in those stages of my life, it had to do with forgiveness. I had to forgive people in my heart. I had to, I had to allow the Lord to come in and do some healing in me because my stance had to change of how I viewed others around me. Matthew 7, 1 through 2, do not judge others. And, and you are, if not, you'll be, don't, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard in which you will be judged. Um, we have to be kind to one another. We have to be nice to one another. How we speak to each other it's a culture of honor is what we're supposed to have in our house and across the, the board with other people when we walk out of this place. We have to have a culture of honor for who these people are. I don't care if they're, they, if they're homeless, if they're broken, if they're addicted to drugs. I don't care who you meet on the streets. You know, it's crazy because we tend to offer grace and mercy to those people. But when it comes to other believers, we withhold grace and mercy. Because, because they're believers, we think they, they're supposed to be perfect and have it all together that when they mess up or, or they fall or they do something wrong, the critical spirit rises up and here you come with the darts and the arrows to toss at them because they're imperfect. And it's like that the Lord's like, no more. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, but the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked who really knows how bad it is. We, we have to see because what happens if, if there's pride in us, if there's a hypocrisy enough, self-righteousness in us, that critical spirit will stick to those things. We don't arrive because we're, we're saved and we're in church. We haven't arrived. Like there's still work. In all of us, God's trying to do. He's trying to take us somewhere deeper with him. He's trying to show us new things. None of us are perfect, but in that imperfection, his righteousness comes in over us to make us even worthy to receive all he has for us. It's what he did for us that makes us righteous. It's not what we've done for anybody or ourselves. So people misunderstand that, and, and they take it, and they, it becomes self-righteousness. Well, you know, I got myself together. I go to church every blah, 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 and I, and, I, and I attend this, and I do that, and I give to the homeless, and I do this. And, I, and you can have a whole list of things you do, but there's something still could be missing from your heart. And the Lord's like, this is not a self-righteous thing. Um, in your imperfection, my righteousness comes in and covers you. Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked ways in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We have to say that on a daily basis. 
Because our thoughts, our mindset will come tamper with your heart at times and moments. If you haven't allowed the Lord to completely heal you or restore you, he comes and hooks himself to those thoughts, to those memories. Like they were talking all weekend about the memory cell and the cellular memory. That stuff's real. That cellular memory stuff is real because that's how the enemy works. He'll give you a memory of something bad that's happened, and now your perception of the Lord is attached to that memory, and you think your father is in that memory when he's not. And the way that you, you view truth is not even truth from the father. It's truth of what you've created in your own mind. So we, we don't want to be critical on others. Luke 6, 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from your heart. You know, what you speak out of your mouth has power. What you speak out of your mouth is the flow from your heart. If negativity, of, if, if criticism of critical things are coming out of your mouth, it's because there's something not right here. And you can go back. I'm saying self, self-dissect yourself because I'm not with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You are. I dissect myself. I come before the Lord and I say, God, fill my mouth and fill my belly. That how I speak is a demonstration on how I speak of your heart upon your people, that it won't look any different than what you say that we're supposed to sound like. We're supposed to look like our father. We're not supposed to look like our pain, our hurt, our, our, our uh, abandonment, our, our rejection. We can't sound like rejection. We can't sound like abandonment coming out of our mouth. And what happens is those things that you haven't allowed the Lord to heal, the enemy will grab, gravitate to those things and use them that you speak from that place. And no longer are you positive. No longer are you uplifting. You're negative about every single situation in your life. And you become critical with yourself. Man, I messed up. Might as well just stop. I said, I said a bad word. I'm trying to work on not saying bad words anymore. Or I did this, and all of a sudden, you become broken all over again. And the Lord's like, don't be critical on yourself. Take the grace and the mercy that I gave my life for on the cross. Take that because it's under the cross and pick yourself back up and just fix what is not right. That's all you have to do. But we tend to be critical with ourselves, and we stop ourselves from entering into all God has for us in that critical mindset. Matthew 12, 34, broad of vipers, how can you be, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why is it important that our heart be healed? Because you're going to speak from your heart, and it's going to come out of you, even when you don't mean to. Things are going great. You're, everything's perfect. You'll be in a good mood, right? <laughs> as soon as something bad happens or something comes of a tribulation or something difficult, all of a sudden this thing comes in and will try to sit on you. 
because there's still things in your heart you haven't dealt with. And it makes those things speak bad things out of your mouth, even to one another. Your spouses, your family, all those places in your life that matter. And then you, you, you step back out of your life for a moment. You're like, man, that wasn't even the Lord. Like that came from a critical stance, even towards their situation. That's not the heart of you, Lord. And so we have to make sure our heart is right with the Lord. Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. <laughs> I was I was I was reading that this morning and I was praying to the Lord and I was like for a moment this morning what you've been speaking out of your mouth to others around you would you eat it would you eat those words how you've been critical how you've been hard on others around you would you eat it probably not because it wouldn't taste very good it would taste bitter and the Lord comes with his sweet spirit to make the fruit sweet. But we have our moments in our life where, where the Lord's saying, everything you're dishing out, that's how it was said to me this morning through the spirit, what you're dishing out, would you eat it? And I'm like, I started thinking about some things, and I was like, man, probably not, Lord. And he's like, why? You expect others around you to eat it. This is what you're feeding them. And I had to I'd take a moment and just ask for forgiveness in that area and say, man, sometimes what I speak and what I say, it doesn't taste good. It's not sweet. Sometimes it's rotten fruit. Sometimes it's fruit that's produced from things you haven't dealt with in yourself, past things. I think the majority of the stuff people are dealing with right now isn't even stuff happening right now. It's all their past. The healing, the restoration, all of that is from their past. It's not even from things happening now because of things they haven't dealt with. It's been sitting there. And what it's been producing hasn't been good fruit. Not because of a sinful nature, the sin you've done. It's because it comes out of you what you haven't dealt with in here. The heart comes out. But if your heart's broken, if you, if you had hurt and pain in that heart, you're going to speak from that place. When people come up to you and want to eat the fruit and they come to counseling with you, you're going to speak to them from that place of that fruit that you're carrying. So if you've been hurt or you're broken, all of a sudden their situation is being influenced by that. And how you speak to them and how you counsel them comes from the place of hurt and not from a restored, victorious place of being made whole. You know, some of us have had really rough, hard lives. That is undeniable. But see, we come and we discover God and we receive him in our hearts. And so when we receive him in our hearts, we ask him to heal us and to restore us. Why? Because he doesn't want us to stay broken. Even though you've had a rough life and you've been through horrible things. It's like, you know, Apostle Pete was up here and telling somebody through a prophetic word this morning that he was sorry for the hurt somebody's done to them. That's what the Lord says to us all the time. 
He's like, man, I'm sorry that you went through the molestation. I'm sorry that somebody put their hands on you when they shouldn't have. I'm sorry that you were in this horrible situation when you were growing up. And he's saying all these things because he wants to bring healing to you because he's a restorer and a healer. And he doesn't want you to pull anymore from those areas of hurt and pain. He's like, I want you to be restored, fully restored, where you're not even critical on yourself anymore. Philippians 4.8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. These are things that we have to shift our mindset to. We have to begin to shift our thoughts to what is true. Yeah, I was was driving this morning through Brian, and they have this sign out, and it says, Honesty, speak the truth, defend the truth. And I was, I was like, bring it before the Lord. And I was like, Lord, like, this could be so misperceived in so many ways. Because the reason why I say that is because their truth might not be my truth. Their truth is going to be what they've allowed the Lord to give them in truth. If it's not the spirit of truth that has revealed it to them, then it's not truth. You know, I had, I had somebody, I'm just being transparent. Say not so such good things about our place here. And we saw them the other day, and they put their head down and couldn't even look at us. And I thought to myself, if it's the spirit of truth that had you say what you say because you felt like you were defending the truth, like the sign says, then why not? Why aren't you firm in it? Because you can be firm in the truth, but it's got to be the spirit of truth that you're firm in. Not the spirit of, of your flesh or what you've known to be the truth. And that's the difference. There's a spirit of truth and then there's a spirit of what you know in your mind. And so the, 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 that whole thing, my mind's playing tricks on me. The tricks come because, because the enemy plays with your mind. Because there's certain areas in your mind that are not through the spirit of the truth. The spirit of God, Holy Spirit, filtering those things out. The critical spirit tears down. When you become critical on yourself, you're tearing yourself down. You are tearing down the very purpose and destiny God has put inside of you. When you self-examine yourself and what you speak about yourself is not of the fruits of the spirit, and if it's not good what you're thinking and saying about yourself, you are agreeing with the critical spirit. And you will function out of that. All of a sudden, you're having a bad day, and you're miserable all the day. You'll be miserable all day long because you have fed, you've convinced yourself of how horrible you are. How many mistakes you've made. How messed up you are. And the Lord's like, but the spirit of truth didn't reveal that to you. So why are you agreeing with it? Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, therefore, a prisoner to serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. 
I'm going to say that again. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Why does it say keep yourselves united in the spirit? Because it's the spirit of truth. He wants us to all see one another filtered through the spirit of the Lord, not what we see in the natural. Because if you look at things in the natural, people will look like a mess to you. Some of their decisions they're making in their life, you're like frustrated and agitated and mad about the decisions they're making. And you're like, man, when are they going to get it? When are they going to see what you have for them, God? And you'll get frustrated and anger will come. But then when you see them through the eyes of the Lord, that critical spirit has no choice but to leave. And all of a sudden, you're seeing them through love. And when love walks in through the door, you'll begin to see purity. You'll begin to see uh, their calling that God has assigned them to. They, they don't know it now, but they're called to do such and such. You know, even if they're a mess, it's okay. I don't see the mess. See, the Lord walked around. The Lord walked around seeing the goodness in everybody. He didn't look at the junk. He didn't see the junk. He didn't, it wasn't like, he was like, man I, man, I don't see, all I see is good. I know he didn't just see good. He saw the mess. He sees the junk in our lives now. He knows where we stumble when we fall and we have hard times. But that's not what he focuses on. He focuses on what's inside of us that he put inside of us before we were born in our mother's womb. And a good example of this is John 4, when he talks to the Samaritan woman. Let's go read that. Verse 4. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat by the well. And it was about noon. There's so much in this whole chapter. I mean, it can be broken down. The time that she was at the well wasn't the normal time everybody went to the well. We know all the details, right? It wasn't the normal time. She went during a time where others didn't go. It was the hottest time of the day, which people didn't go during the hottest time of the day. They went when it was cooler. So she was ashamed. She had shame on her life. She hadn't been living right. She hadn't been making good decisions. And then Jesus comes and sits there. And talk about the perfect timing. When a Samaritan woman, verse 7, came to draw water, Jesus said, to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living waters. He's talking to her from a deep place. 
He's like, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for the drink of the living waters. So he's trying to get, get to her and get to teach her the spirit of truth at the same time as he's getting some things. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. She didn't even know she was being prophetic at that moment. <laughs> Where can you get this living water? <laughs> Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be, will be thirsty again. He's talking about the natural. You can drink all the water you want. You're going to get thirsty eventually. Again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. See, he knew she wasn't living right. But he started first with her purpose and destiny. He's like, I have some living waters for you that, are, that you'll never thirst again. He's giving her something for her to, to draw her in. Where did that place come from? from? From the love. He functioned out of the love. And he's like, let me give you these waters. If you knew who I was, man. You would never thirst again. And then he, then he starts pulling on her of what she's agreed with in her life that he never meant for her to have. And Jesus said to her, you're, uh, uh, Jesus said to her, she says, I have no husband, she replied. She says, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you had, you've had five husbands, and the man you're now, uh, you now have is not your husband. What have you just said? What, what you have just said is quite the truth. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And the woman replied, verse 21, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit of truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Because he wanted her to capture through the spirit what he was saying. Was it had nothing to do with the husbands, had nothing to do with how she had been living. It had to do with her identity, her purpose, and her destiny. He was calling it forth and, and speaking over that and saying, man, you don't even know what I've called you to be and to do. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. <laughs> Sometimes we still do that. Jesus, was that you? Mm-hmm. That was me. <laughs> then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, that's me. 
So he wants to come in and he speaks purpose and destiny over this woman. His perception of her was never with a critical spirit. The critical, Jesus went to people that were living in sin. They weren't all put together. His 12 disciples were not put all together. They all struggled in areas. The first was the example they gave last night. Peter being the fisherman. Well, okay, I'll go do it. But, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me in the natural. I'm the fisherman. God tells us to do things that we don't understand sometimes. And we think that we know. And the Lord's like, no, you don't know. I'm sorry to break your little heart. (laughs) But you don't know, and I'm trying to teach you some new things, and I'm trying to get you to cross over into what I really have for you, but you're too busy being critical on yourself and critical on others that now you've created this dam between me and you. He doesn't separate from us. We separate from him. And when we become critical, there's dams that come up inside our spirit. And when the living waters want to flow through us, it can't because the dams are there. This morning, they were talking about the living waters. And I'm going to tell you, the living waters don't just come from, it comes from a very deep deep place, the living waters of God. I just want to pull up some scripture here that I was pulling up through the worship and where the Lord wants to take us. In John 7, 38 through 39, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now that he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were, were to receive, for as yet the spirit has not been given, but Jesus was not yet glorified. He's saying there, Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Why is it important for our heart to be restored and healed and for us to forgive? Because the rivers are trying to come through your heart. When you begin to love, love functions through our heart. She was, you know, Joan was this weekend talking about a broken heart. You know, and Amy Simple McPherson and having the love of her life and her heart being broken, all these things. Love functions through our heart. We can't function in the fullness of love with Christ if there's things in our heart that God never meant for us to have there that we haven't gone to him to heal us from. And when that living waters try to come through us, through the heart, through his love, it's not going to look like the way it's supposed to look like because it's going to come with conditions. And it's going to come being critical. And it's going to, your whole view, everything will come in a different stance and a different perspective rather than being filtered through the spirit of truth, through Holy Spirit. So the Lord right now, he's trying to break down these dams. And he's like, I don't want any more dams. I don't want you to be dammed up inside yourself by you being critical on yourself and others around you. The Lord, for all my life, has always told me, don't forget where you come from. And I've taken a heart to that because there was a time I was in great darkness. There was a time that I was doing a lot of dumb things that I shouldn't have been doing. But God says, don't forget about your past, not so you can live there 
and mourn over it and be sad over it. But he says, don't forget where you come from because out of that place where you came from is where compassion is going to be drawn from. That when you come to that person that is dealing with the same situations you've dealt with in the past, that all of a sudden compassion from the heart of the living waters of God will begin to flow out of you. And it comes from a place of compassion from the Father. He's pouring down his love through you. It's coming through your heart and out of your spirit of the living waters. And now there's no more dams there to, to clog it up and to stop it from being released. And now you have compassion for the people around you. And now you can move in power. Because it says in the word of God that every time somebody was healed, he was moved with compassion. We cannot <coughs> sit here out of our gifts and just have gifts. The gifts are great. I love the gifts. We teach on the gifts in this place. But the gifts are nothing if our heart is not right. And we speak from a place of our heart being a mess. It means nothing. It's like I'm throwing seed and throwing seed. How many farmers around here are going to go around throwing seed and never actually plant them so they can take root and grow? You're like, what are you thinking? You're just throwing your seed everywhere. You're not even planting it. How is it going to take root? And the Lord's like, I want you to get healing and restoration in your heart. There's, there's some things I want to plant there. When the living waters come in from the Lord... They start calling growth in your heart. There's things he wants to put there, but he can't put there if there's other things that have already taken up that space in your heart that he never gave you. And he's saying, I'm breaking down the dams. Get rid of that thing. I didn't give you that. Yes, you went through some horrible things. Yes, you didn't have a perfect life. It's okay if you didn't have a perfect life. But I didn't give the unperfect life to you. That's why he's a good father. So then you come and you get to know him and you discover he's a good father who wants great things for you. And then you're like, okay, let me get rid of this mess. Let me get rid of the hurt, the pain. Let me get rid of a hope deferred that makes my heart sick. You know, let me get rid of the stuff that was taught to me growing up because there is a real God and he wants to come in and bring healing restoration that when you work in your gifts... It's going to come from the love of the Father. See, the rivers that are in here, they're not produced by not one of us. They're produced by each and every one of us bringing the living waters in this place. So all of us through the same Holy Spirit come in here with this living waters that flow through us. And as we come in here to worship and praise the Lord, it all comes pouring out of us in our worship. And as it pours out of you and me, it creates a river in here. 
then the power of God can come in here through the river because of the compassion that the river begins to create that you no longer see people the same. You see them through the eyes of the Lord. And now how you even pray for people begins to change. And it comes from a place of love. And it doesn't come from a place of failure. It doesn't come from a place of a hope deferred making your heart sick. It doesn't come from a place of people hurting you or bringing pain in your life. It comes from the power of God through the spirit of truth where it's supposed to come from. It's fathered filtered. Who wants to drink dirty water? <laughs> I mean, that's an issue in the world. Purifying the water. People in other countries don't have water to drink. Why? Because it's not purified. It's dirty water. It's got diseases and all kinds of mess. And the Lord's like, let's, let's, just, let's just make this pure. Let's just purify the waters that want to come through your heart. And let's purify. I'm not talking about sin. People think, oh, oh I, I, you know, I, I'm such a sinful person. The Lord's like, no. I want you to get healing in your heart. That's the purity that he creates. The purity doesn't come from being sinless. The purity comes from him coming into your heart, bringing restoration and healing. And now you're functioning and flowing from his heart that's connected with yours. And there's no blockage there. And the dams are down. And then there's a constant flow from Holy Spirit from heaven down to you, you, him using you in such a powerful way that now you're moving in power through the compassion of the Father, and it changes everything. I want to give you an example. Because I'm just being transparent. I can see things in the natural, and it can bring discouragement on me sometimes. But we had these kids that came this last week, and they just randomly showed up. I don't know if y'all got to see Apostle Pete's post online through Facebook, but they broke down. Their van broke. They're from Uganda. They're not even from here. The van broke down. You would have thought these kids that were orphans that have been through bad situations, bad, bad situations in their life. If I shared some of it with you, you would be weeping and crying because of how bad their life has been. And they show up and their van broke and they walk in with this joy and thanksgiving and they came in here to the sanctuary, and it was like hope walked in the door. I could feel it when they walked in the door. They weren't with their head down complaining, man, it's, it's hot outside. We haven't eaten. We've been driving for 16 hours. The van broke. Oh, man. I didn't see any of that. You know what I saw? I saw these kids all excited and full of joy. And they were like, man, they came in here. And one of them says, man, we're here because God, is, God stopped us to come here. <laughs> he stopped us to come here so he could bless us. 
trying to stop some of you to bless you. But the murmuring and the complaining comes out that it grieves the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like, you're not filtering it. You're not, Father, filtering it where I've had you stop at. Because I'm trying to bless you. And they came and they were all excited. And they came with this worship. And I could feel the anointing on their life. Because they had such purity and sincerity in their hearts. That when they worship and they sang, I could feel the flow of the Holy Spirit come in this place. There was absolutely no blockage. Did they have reasons for the blockage to come? They absolutely did. They could have come in here broken because they were orphans. They don't have anybody. Some of them didn't, didn't, they don't even have that one family member. They could have come in here broken. They could have come in here with a different mindset, but they didn't. They came in here so appreciative and grateful and knowing through the spirit of truth that God purposely put them here that day for that moment. We never leave our doors unlocked. When we're here cleaning, doing something, the doors are never unlocked. They were unlocked that day. God has plans. It's not going to look like what's comfortable and what we want it to look like. And, and, and I felt the living waters come in here. Have you ever been around, like, a um, positive person? Like, so positive, you're like, oh, God. A lot of my friends that we've traveled with, they're like that. But when I'm around them, even though I don't want to admit it, like, they carry the living waters because they're always so encouraging, ready to lift somebody up, ready to encourage somebody, ready to be positive around others that I can come and I can drink from their wells and I can drink from their living waters. And I just sit with them for a moment and they're like, like, and we want to do this and we want to do the orphanages and we want, and they're just like coming, bubbling up vision. You know, my husband's like that. I'm like, calm down. (laughs) And the Lord's like, no, listen, learn from this. Because, see, I grew up in my family where we were always negative. We always filtered everything through our natural mindset that everything was bad. Don't get on that train or that, that, that uh, ride because you're going to die. What in the world? <laughs> you better not go walking to the store. They're going to they're gonna steal you. What? <laughs> I mean, that's just the way we were raised to think with this negative, always something bad happening to us. And then we come to know the Lord and it's like, the Lord's like, no, can you shift some things? Can we be positive? Can we be uplifting? Can we build each other up in the things that I have for all of you? Can we be excited for one another and celebrate one another and whatever good things each other gets? My sisters are blessed. I get so excited. Man, I just bought a new car. Oh, my God, that's so awesome. Thank you, Jesus, that he blessed her with a new car. I don't sit here and say, oh, where's my new car? 
I'm serving the Lord. I'm doing everything right. How come I didn't get the new car? That's not Jesus. That's not the Lord. Whether they're serving God to the magnitude I am, it doesn't matter. They're still sons and daughters of the Lord. You still should celebrate it. You should still be happy for people. Well, they don't deserve it because they're living a bad life. Well, who said they didn't deserve it? That's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the criticalness still inside of you. Putting limits on what God has destined for that person. If they're a mess in that moment and God's trying to bless them, he's trying to teach them something. He's trying to teach them how to be a son and a daughter. And we get, as believers, we become critical. And we're like, well, why do they get it? And I'm the one that lives in church, and I go clean the church, and I go do this, and I go do that. Don't act like we don't because we do. Let's be real. Because God has their own walk for all of us. And that's why I said walking in my shoes. We don't know. We don't walk in their shoes. You don't walk in mine and I don't walk in yours. So I can't judge how your life has been or you can't judge or criticize how my life has been because there are things I've seen you may have not seen. So just because you don't believe the way that I believe sometimes, even regionally speaking, I can't even judge that. Because I have to just pray that God will reveal himself in such a way to the people in the region here that they begin to see him differently. But I can't come at what they're doing or what they're, what, what, where the Lord has them at because that's not the spirit of truth. That's not the Lord. So I just have to speak the goodness of God over every part. That We're walking and talking like Jesus at that moment. He saw the good in everybody. It didn't mean like he didn't see what they were doing wrong. He saw the good in them first. And he says, okay, let me give them something I can work with. Oh, you don't have, oh, yeah, that's right. You don't have any husbands. You had five. Okay, I can draw you in with that. Because she had to know that he was real. He had to tell her just enough. He didn't come criticizing he didn't say, oh, my God, you have five husbands. Jesus, what are you thinking? He didn't come like that to her. He came with love. And he said, yeah, you've done this, but let it be today that you're going to drink living waters and you'll never thirst again. Let me take you to a deep place with me where you can come and draw from the well that I'm providing for you through my Father in heaven that you're never going to thirst again. Let's stand this afternoon. He's going to get rid of that critical thinking, that critical spirit this morning. Whether you have it on yourself or you have it towards others. Because that's not the spirit of truth. It's not the spirit of the Lord. I want you to take this time this morning that if you've been critical towards anybody in your life, give it to God this morning. If you haven't seen somebody the way that he sees them, put it at the, the, the Lord's feet this morning. He is breaking down the dams this morning because he wants you to have the living waters coming out of you. 
And he doesn't want anything inside of you to dam anything up anymore. And he's like, I'm going to come and I'm going to crush every wall that you've allowed to come in. And I'm going to come in and get rid of it so that way the rivers can flow again. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for even teaching us through Holy Spirit what it looks like to walk in your shoes, Lord. That we look more like you, Lord. That we talk like you. We walk like you, God. We think like you, Lord. It says in your word, we, you never said or did anything that your father didn't tell you to do or say. So I ask that for us this morning, Lord. Let us be an example here on earth that we only say and do what our Papa in heaven says to do. We don't add, we don't take away, we don't put our opinions in that or how we see people, Lord. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to Father filter everything, Lord. That when people come to us, Lord, we are moved in compassion for them. Lord, I just pray for healing this morning. Healing in our hearts this morning, Lord. Mend every part, Lord. You can't feel something that's broken, Lord. Because it'll just pour right out. But I ask for you to seal every crack this morning. Seal it up in such a way that we can become containers of your love again, Lord. And that how we talk to one another, how we look at one another is through the eyes of love this morning, Lord. God, I pray you fill our eyes with love. God, let us hear the spirit of truth through love in our ears this morning, Lord. Oh, you're teaching us some new ways, some new things, Lord. <laughs> Just stick your hands out in front of you. Just say, God, we receive the new things you have for us. <laughs> we let go of the old today, Jesus. <laughs> no critical spirit will be in my mind, will be in my heart any longer. We speak breakthrough today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen.